This is Ringler Radio, where you get all the latest news and information about the structured settlement industry from the experts in the know. Ringler Associates, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years and the only broker you need. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, The Hartford, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Now join Ringler Radio host Larry Cohen. Welcome to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, your host, head of Ringler Associates Northeast Operations. We're certainly glad you could join us today. We're coming to you from the 2009 AAJ convention here in San Francisco. And, uh, you know, I've been at quite a few of these events, and I must say they always seem to pick great venues, and San Francisco is certainly one of those, a beautiful city. Well, joining me here today is a famed Boston trial attorney, uh, Leo Boyle. And I've known Leo for many years having been been based in Boston myself. And, you know, the AAJ is a familiar place for uh, Leo. He's served in the organization since 1996, including the position of president from 2001-2002. He's also been past president of the Mass Bar Association and the New England Bar Association. And Attorney Boyle is well known for his advocacy, but not just in words, also in his actions. He loves uh, the inside of a courtroom. He's well-respected for his skills and his leadership. And he can take credit for some of the largest verdicts and settlements in the state of Massachusetts. Many know him nationally as having created uh, a wonderful organization, Trial Lawyers Care. This was an organization providing free legal services to the uh, victims and families of the September 11th terrorist attacks. And we're going to talk more about that in a few minutes. But first, let's just welcome Attorney Leo Boyle. Larry, thanks for having me on. I'm a great fan of uh, your company and what you've done over the years and uh, I've got a long, long history with your kind of product, and uh, I'm delighted to be here. Well, I'm glad, too. You know, uh, I always say there's a fine line in these introductions between uh, making it sound too much like an obituary, but I don't want to do that. <laughs> I always find that fascinating. Yeah. We, we talk and talk about you. Well, you know, Leo, um, I think your first structured settlement was done back in the late 70s. I can't remember it the was, year. It was 1977, and it was a product that... I hadn't heard of at the time. Yeah, it was and brand new. Yeah, I don't. I don't know when the first ones were written, but that has to be one of the yeah. early ones. And I represented a, a truck driver, a great guy, uh, Stanley McLeod was his name. A real, uh, just a gentleman and uh, wonderful man. Was badly, badly injured, burned over most of his body. Not expected to live. Uh, miraculously survived, and we put him in a structure back then, which, if my memory serves, had a. Um, uh, two or three percent compounding annual feature, yeah. Compounding feature, and I think he might have been specially rated because he had been injured so badly. Right. That was 1977, and I don't think. Um, I mean, we all hoped for the best, uh, but here we are, 32 years later, and Stan is still uh, active and uh, healthy and alive. And I haven't talked to him in a long time. I don't know what the structure is doing, but I. Uh, that experience and how it turned out for him and how it solidified his life. Uh, made me a, uh, a fan of structures uh, forever. Well, you know, he's still getting his checks. That's the important thing. You he know? is. And uh, as you know, some of your clients, like many lawyers' clients, along the way have opted for that cash, and they want the cash. And uh, a lot of that cash uh, money is dissipated by now, I'm sure. Yeah, it is. And, um, you know, I hear a lot of people say, well, um, I'm not going to do a structure in this case because my clients are sophisticated. <laughs> well, 
you know, I, I, uh, Stan was as sophisticated, perhaps he didn't have the degrees, but he was as sophisticated as, uh, lawyers I've represented. And frankly, it doesn't equate to making good investments. I mean, look at what happened in the market over the last year. Oh, if, yeah. Some of the smartest if, people. Sure. I mean, if you had, uh, if you had your money out in cash, you're, you're paying, Ordinary income tax rates on uh, on the revenue, the interest, uh, right. and then the market takes away 40, 45% of your value. Um, it throws people into turmoil because these, most of the people I represent can't go back into the, into the job market. Well, you know, what I find is a lot of people say, we can, we can do better in a different market. We, you know, better return, rate of return than, let's say, the annuity return, especially through the years. They've made that comment. But, uh, you know, what really struck me is that the monies that most people receive in these injury settlements, this isn't just discretionary investment income for them. This is money they have to live on day to day. That's it. That's all they're, you know? that's all they're ever going to see. And exactly. I, I, people will say to me, well, my, my brother is uh, in finance or my neighbor is with XYZ Bank and he's got a great track record. You can have the best track. The Harvard Endowment lost... 40, 30, 30, I think they did better than most, but they, I don't know, $40 billion, whatever it was, I'm making up numbers now, but they lost 25, 30% of their value. Now, those are, those are sophisticated people making those investments. Whereas you put your money in an insurance company, when the next hula hoop comes along and the stock goes up five times in value, you don't get that bounce. But what brings me comfort is knowing that when the market turns around and goes the other way, as it's done four times in my career as a lawyer. It did it in the 70s when um, uh, real estate crashed. Uh, I remember pictures sure. of office towers in Houston vacant for sale, exactly. brand, brand new buildings. Uh, it did in the uh, 80s. It did in the 90s with uh, the dot-com collapse, NASDAQ right. uh, collapsed. Um, so I don't want my clients uh, writing this out. I mean, if somebody comes to me and they've been hurt and they're already a multimillionaire, great. Right. You know, take the settlement and do whatever you want with it. But unless you've got that kind of security, I uh, I don't feel uh, in good conscience. I want people, whatever their educational background is, and I don't subscribe to the notion that there are some people who are sophisticated and they're going to be fine and some people are unsophisticated. I, I think that's naive. You know, it's and it's more than just that sophistication and this rate of return issue. What really hurts most people in, in when they take cash is that, that money, no matter where they invest it, is available to them. See, that availability, that ability to reach into it, when the brother-in-law says, I want to open that pizza shop down the street, can you give me a hand here, Joe? And then they go in and lo- take a loan out of that money. Before you know it, that greater rate of return that they were trying to get, that principle keeps getting eroded because they're spending it or they're, they're getting to it, they're loaning it, they're giving it out. They have a lot of a lot of things coming at them. And I think that's one of the big problems. You you look back five years and you say, where'd all that money go? Yeah. But it's gone. even, I, I agree with that, but, and I'll have a lot of clients will say, well, I'm never going to do that. <laughs> um, even if you can discipline yourself to never do that, the problem is you are completely at the whim of the markets. Right. And look at what happened to the dot-coms. Look at what happened to real estate. Uh, junk bonds go back to the 80s that was the one of the other cycles you know sure um, 30 percent of junk bonds were owned by insurance companies they became valueless insurance company premiums shot through the roof and everybody who had money in uh, in, in junk bonds lost them they were the hula hoop of the day so um, that's the real the real problem is certainty versus gambling in my view and uh, if you're rich you can afford to gamble if you're not rich don't gamble 
Well, I'm glad to see you're such an advocate for structures because it's a it's a pleasure to to get that kind of a uh, perspective. One of the one time I had a lawyer tell me uh, we were going to give a hundred thousand dollar lump sum in twenty years to his client as part of a plan, and he smugly said, "Well, how do I know that New York Life Insurance Company is going to be here in twenty years?" You know, and I remember saying to him. Well, I have no guarantee that New York Life Insurance Company is going to be here in 20 years, but I, it's more probable than not that that 100000 will be there in 20 years with New York Life than if he takes some money as cash. He probably won't have that in 20 years. That money will be probably spent or or misinvested along the way. Well, so. Who would have thought we'd see General Motors go down? Yeah, exactly. Who would have thought uh, uh, Lehman Brothers would go down? Exactly. You know, exactly. so I think, uh, you know, nothing's perfect uh, unless you're in uh, 0.01% T-bills, but the the annuity industry is as close as you're going to come, in my opinion. But. Well, absolutely. You got you got highly uh, reserved, well-surplused, well-regulated, state-regulated life insurance companies. That's probably as good as you can get right now. I think so, yeah. Okay. Well, you know, that's a good testimonial, good advertising for structures, and I'm glad we had the discussion. You know, Leo, you're known for uh, a lot of big cases. You're a big, you're a big uh, elephant hunter. There, you can you can bring down some of those big ones. Uh, you had a 26 million dollar judgment against Chrysler, uh, poorly designed brake system in the early minivan era. Uh, you've done a lot of these big cases where you've gotten a lot of money uh, for your clients. But one of the most remarkable contributions you've made is your leadership after 9/11. I want you to tell us about that. You were instrumental in getting this uh, victim compensation fund off the ground and also uh, this concept of lawyer's care, trial lawyer's care. Tell us about the genesis of that and, and what that was all well, about. Well, yeah. I, um, September 11th of 01, I, re- I remember where I was. I, I was at home when I saw the second plane hit hit the building. And... Um, I got my car, started to drive into work, and our building is in the same building as the FBI. So I got a call from the FBI from um, our, our building saying that our, it had been shut down because we were a potential target because the FBI in Boston was there. And, of course, two of the planes had come out of Boston. So so I turned around to go back home, and I, my mother was in a nursing home on my way home, and I stopped in to visit with her to try to explain to her what had gone on. And as I'm doing this, I'm thinking to myself, you know, this is, this is going to have a play out in all of American society, in everything. And I said, it's got to have an impact on the legal arena. It just, we, we're usually in the middle of the mix and it's got to have a play out on us. And then I shortly thereafter um, heard on the 12th that American Airlines and United Airlines were in Congress lobbying for limitation of liability so people couldn't sue them for what had happened to um, on September 11th. And uh, I mean, the it struck me as pretty craven that they'd be out there so fast looking out for their own interest. But uh, my instincts had been correct that this is going to play out in the legal arena. So I um, got on the phone with our executive committee. We had a great executive committee at the time. Tom Henderson was the CEO of uh, what was then known as ATLA. And we started putting our heads together. And we decided that if Congress was going to help the airlines, we were going to try to force Congress to help the families. And so we put into play, we went in to see, as soon as uh, Logan opened, I flew down to Washington, and it was September the 18th, Wednesday. Is that right? I think that's right. And I get down to Washington, and the next morning, uh, 19th and Thursday, we met with Dick Gephardt, who was uh, very receptive to the idea of a, uh, of a bill to help the victims, if we we're going to help anybody else. 
We went to Tom Daschle's chief of staff. Uh, they were very uh, supportive. Uh, it was Thursday. By Thursday night, uh, a draft bill had been written. Uh, that was uh, over in Congress Thursday night. And um, I'm sorry, that's Wednesday night. I went down Tuesday. On Wednesday, that all happens. By Thursday morning, uh, the negotiators had stayed up all night. There was a victim's compensation fund uh, piece attached to uh, the legislation that was going to give loans and um, and, and uh, um, guarantees to, to the airlines. I'm and, sure it was a bipartisan piece of legislation at that point in time. Uh, uh, <laughs> uh, let me move on to the positive side. I'll move on to the positive side. I mean, we had uh, people who wanted to make a fight about that, believe it or not. Really? Well, yeah. That's, I mean, that's interesting. It, that, that seemed to be uh, the one kumbaya moment. Uh, well, when it it looked like it on C-SPAN because the votes were 96 to 1 in the Senate, and we, we um, didn't get 30 votes in the House, but that was because of a labor piece. But anyway, uh, so the bill went into force. It was signed by the president on Saturday night, the 22nd. Uh, uh, Monday morning, um, it, uh, over the weekend, we had put out a call for volunteers for trial lawyers care on, fr- on Friday, we wrote to Congress saying we'd represent every victim for free, uh, in the fund litigation, because even though there was a fund, you still had to prove up your case. Uh, Monday morning, we had 2000 volunteers from Friday night to Monday morning, 2000 trial lawyers, 50 states. Um, 10 countries volunteered to represent these families. And um, so we had a bill, we had the lawyers, and we had to set up shop. So we set up shop in uh, uh, Manhattan. And I say we, I mean, there were phenomenal people involved in this. David Casey, uh, Mary Alexander, Todd Smith, uh, Tom uh, Henderson, uh, Linda Lipson, obviously, Carlton Carl, Chris Kerner, just a bunch of people. And we just said, okay, we haven't done this before, but let's see how it goes. We set up shop. We ended up representing 2,000 of the families. Um, the fund eventually paid $7 billion, which was great because the two planes that crashed over New York only had $3.2 billion in insurance on them, and they were looking at 5,000 death and injury claims and about $50 billion in property damage. So we knew it was going to be... General Motors situation. Yeah. They'd go bankrupt. Yeah, exactly. So the fund uh, allowed us to get good, good value to the families. Well, and I'm, I'm sure you feel, uh, in retrospect, a lot of warmth about that. You've, you've done some good things in your life, but I, I'm sure that you look back on that as one of the best. Oh, it was ex- it was exhilarating, Larry. To uh, to uh, well, first of all, what you found out was everybody wanted to help. Everybody who watched TV on the 11th felt. I want to drive to New York and do something. If you're a doctor, you want to stand next to the rubble. If you're a lawyer, you know, you're looking for something to do. And what we did was we tapped into the goodness of the American trial lawyer because all of a sudden they realized, whoa, this is perfect. I can do this. I can take Miss, Mrs. Murphy, whose husband was a firefighter and lives on uh, Long Island. I can take Mrs. Murphy, even though I live in Idaho. Uh, Bill Mark, a mm-hmm. great trial lawyer from Idaho, and I can take her through the system. And if the government wanted to give her $800,000, I can get her $2.1 million. And she can keep her house and her kids can right. go to college. And and so all I did was open a gate. I, I say I. All Adler did was open a gate to the hearts of the American trial lawyer. And they came 
pouring through that gate. And they took these people to heart, and we're all still in touch with them. I've gone to uh, weddings of uh, family members that we represented. We've stayed in touch, and um, it was it's what trial lawyers do best. Well, it also takes a pair of strong and compassionate hands to open that gate. So uh, I'm sure everyone involved in that is going to thank you and continues to thank you for what you've done. Well, I, I appreciate that. I, uh, again, get far too much credit for I happen to be uh, I happen to be um, sitting in the seat when it happened. And it, uh, a lot of lot of lot of good brains around me. Well, you're being humble about it. And I'm, I'm sure yeah. that's true. And that, that's one of the reasons why you're so successful, Leo. And we thank you for that. Oh, well, let's take you. a quick break right now. And when we come back, we'll spend some more time with uh, nationally known trial attorney, Leo Boyle. This is Ringler Radio. Legal information, trends, and topics from Ringler Associates, the undisputed leader in structured settlements for more than 30 years. Since 1975, Wrangler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Experience counts. Over 140,000 cases structured. This is Wrangler Radio from Wrangler Associates, placing more than $20 billion in structures over the past 30 years and one of the few companies that truly enjoys the trust of all parties in the settlement process. This is Ringler Radio, celebrating three years on the Legal Talk Network with topics important to the legal community. Did you know you could download Ringler Radio to your iPod? Just go to iTunes and subscribe to Ringler Radio. It's free. Did you know the number of listeners to Ringler Radio doubled in 2008? Thanks to our loyal listeners and welcome to all our new listeners as well. Welcome back to Ringler Radio. I'm Larry Cohen, your host, and we're out here in San Francisco for the 2009 AAJ convention. And we're talking this morning with well-known trial attorney, Leo Boyle, from another beautiful city, Boston, Massachusetts. Uh, San Francisco is a beautiful city here, Leo, but uh, I don't think it has much on Boston, do you? Uh, No, I I don't. (laughs) We got better sports teams, too. (laughs) There you go. Well, Leo, tell us uh, from your perspective what you think some of the challenges are for the AAJ as the, they face today's world? Well, what AAJ has done, looking backwards, it's always uh, history is a great teacher. Uh, we have been fighting an external fight now for most of my adult life. Uh, 30 years we've been fighting the fight to preserve the civil justice system. And look where we are now. We have a pro-civil justice Senate. We have a pro-civil justice House. And we have a pro-civil justice White House. And I think the challenges going forward now are uh, proactive legislation and measures and uh, reaching across the aisle to make both parties understand that civil justice issues aren't Democratic issues and aren't Republican issues. They are human issues. And the essential message we have to get across is to teach people people who get to vote on our, um, uh, our well-being in Congress, that civil justice issues have to do with who you're in for. If you think corporations and wealthy people don't have enough power, then you should do everything you can to destroy the civil justice system. 
If you think poor people and middle-class people and injured people and brain-damaged babies and the disadvantaged don't have enough power and don't have enough resources, then you should vote against tort reform. And it doesn't matter if those poor people are Republican or Democrat, and it doesn't matter if the rich people are Republican and Democrat. Um, it has always been a struggle of the powerless versus the powerful. And that that's what's at the core of every trial lawyer uh, on the plaintiff side is we love to go against the big, the big players. Well, today, as you know, uh, one of the big issues is just the cost of everything, the money that's, that's the budget deficits and all those kinds of issues that are, we're grappling with in this recessionary period. Uh, we're seeing health care reform coming to the, to the table. And as you've heard, I'm sure, one of, the, one of the shibboleths out there is that one of the problems with health care costs are medical malpractice lawsuits brought by lawyers, therefore encouraging uh, excessive uh, diagnostic testing and driving up the cost of health care. Right. Tell, tell me about how you think the legal profession, the AAJ, is dealing with were those kinds of issues in, in a day. Well, the, the, the f- facts are stubborn things. And if we can get the facts into the minds of the legislators, we always win. Now, that sounds easy, but, but crossing the divide and getting the facts in the minds of the legislators is not, is not always easy. Example. The, in, in, if you abolish the right to sue if a doctor killed you or injured you, if you just did away with it, you would save one half of 1% of the cost of health care in America. It is an infinitesimal mm. proportion. Um, most people don't know that. Most people don't know that if you try 10 malpractice cases in Massachusetts, the doctors win nine of them. Uh, most people don't realize that where premiums come out on for a medical malpractice insurance is entirely related to what NASDAQ is doing, what the stock market is doing, what the prime rate is. That's all that matters. Because if, if those rates are going up, the insurers are looking for money, they'll underwrite any risk to get money to get into the hot market. And you know, for doctors uh, whose premiums go up, and, and of course doctors are always screaming about that, uh, Sometimes it's the legal profession by, by fostering better methods on the part of doctors that l- allow their premiums to then go down. I think anesthesiologists have Anesthesia, an issue. Anesthesia, yeah. Yeah, yeah, where, yeah. Where because of some litigation, they changed their practices and their behavior changed and their premiums went down. They, they were altered practices in, uh, in anesthesia, which resulted in them, uh, the premiums uh, declining uh, dramatically. They were at one time the highest uh, specialty for premiums. But the hardest thing for people that wrap their brains around is again it's the facts and if you if you understand look at the stock market if premiums are going up i just ask legislators look at the stock market look at nasdaq look at the prime rate look at Mm t-bills and if they're going down premiums are going to go up if they're going up premiums are going to go down it has nothing to do with other than a half of one percent of the the, the cost of medical care. It's got nothing to do with um, with, with medical malpractice. But you're an easy target, as you can imagine, sure. from, from that one side. And so that's what yeah. you folks at AHA are doing, trying to make sure that that target gets smaller and smaller on your back. Yeah, we, yeah we're, we're trying to do that, but we don't we don't mind a fight. That's, that's good, too. You know, there's a big focus on technology for lawyers today, and you see it in everything we do. The technology keeps creeping in. But at heart, aren't most good trial lawyers storytellers? I mean, doesn't, doesn't it go a, back to the old... That's uh, a really good question. You know? T- a, tell me about that. I mean, you've, you've experienced well, that. Well, yeah. You know, I, I 
I learned under people who had no discovery, no depositions. <laughs> they got to ask 30 interrogatories. They'd go to court and try the case. They'd be seeing witnesses for the first time. And then as with the advent of technology, we became PowerPoint uh, impresarios yeah, gurus, yeah. and, you know, we'd stand in front of a jury and ask them to look at 50 slides that were blinking in front of them. And that, I personally believe that the most memorable things are verbal. Occasionally, there's going to be a picture that'll kind of take your breath away. But I can remember words from witnesses and um, uh, arguments from trial lawyers that will haunt me forever and I'll never forget because of the word picture that was cast. And if you lose the ability to make that word picture, I'm going to give you an example. I was trying to case, wrongful death case, and there was a young lawyer who represented a, another plaintiff who had, um, who had really caused the accident and had no hope. But she did a fantastic job. And she had the children of the deceased woman that she represented come to court. And she said to the young man, he was a teenager, and she said, what, what was the best part of your week when your mom was alive? And I can't even remember this lawyer's name. Yeah. I'm embarrassed to say it's many years ago. And the, he looked at the jury and he said, I used to love Friday nights because my mother would come home from the diner with the tip jar and would get down on her knees at the coffee table and she'd turn the tip jar over on the coffee table and would count it. And that told me what kind of a week we were going to have the next week. Now, that I, I'll remember that till the yeah, day I die. Yeah. I don't know the case I tried. I don't know the lawyer. But uh, that word picture is so stunning. You can hear the coins pouring onto the table. You, you People can, and the it, excitement. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, and I could tell you a million examples like that. And what I tell young lawyers or try to advise young lawyers is talk to your clients so that you can come up with those stories that will haunt the juror when they make a decision so that that juror is going to have to have that image in his or her mind forever if when they make a decision that's what makes good drama on television. It was. It's what makes good novels. Is people like to read stories, human interest issues, uh, and the good lawyers that are out there to get the good verdicts are the ones that can connect with that jury on that. Basis. Yeah, and I just uh, I, I'm troubled by the avalanche of technology and the powerpoints and the slides. I mean, you need a few visuals, but don't ever forget the human interaction and the chemistry that. Well, you know, you talk to a lot of young lawyers, I'm sure, uh, and, and they look to you for some advice as they come into the profession. Uh, other than the storytelling, what kind of advice are you giving young lawyers today as they enter the profession? It's going to be a little bit different world for them as they, as they go forward, isn't it? Um, I suppose it's still, my view of it is it's still the best job in America right now because I'm beholden to no one. As a trial lawyer, I can take on anybody. I don't care if it's the best hospital in town or the or the biggest pharmaceutical company. If they did something wrong, and I can take someone who may be timid and injured and uh, oppressed, and I can make a difference in that person's life just by working hard and trying my best and getting lucky. And um, there aren't many jobs you can do that in. And... Um, it's a remarkable system that we allow the playing field to be completely even. And 
Um, if I were a young lawyer, I'd want to be on that field playing. Isn't it a little bit tougher today, though, uh, Leo, for a person to have the resources as a lawyer to be able to fight some of those big boys uh, without having the backing of a of a large, let's say, plaintiff firm? I mean, does the does the single shingle on the on the house practitioner have the have an opportunity today without more massive financial resources to do that? It's hard on certain kinds of cases. I mean, ninety percent of cases are autos and fall downs yeah. and. Uh, general liabilities and truck accidents, some construction site. Most people can handle those. You get into the pharma cases, yeah. uh, auto design, uh, stuff like that. You're right. It's harder as a, a lot solo. of refer. That's where a lot of referrals come out. You're referring yes. it on and getting. Yeah, that that's a that's one of the real cool things about uh, the plaintiff legal profession that I've seen. That uh, when you don't feel you have the expertise, you see a lot of those young lawyers passing on that, referring that case on to somebody who does and. Using yeah, that. yeah, yeah, and it's uh, you know this, uh, we become so specialized on my end of the business that I have to refer out most things that lawyers do. I mean, uh, <laughs> wills, trusts, uh, domestic issues, adoptions. I mean, right. all the stuff that real lawyers do, I can't do. I don't know how to do them. So um, it's uh, a uh, symbiotic relationship with our referrers. Couple of other points before we have to close down. One of the things I know about you is that when you travel on vacation, this is kind of interesting. You like to visit courthouses around the oh, country. I love courthouses. You take photographs. You have a what, yeah. what do you what, what do you like about them? What's I I if you sat at my desk and looked out the window, you'd see the two buildings that mean the most to me. One of them is what we call the old courthouse, built in the eighteen eighties. Yeah, mine. Right uh, and the other one is what I call the new courthouse, built in nineteen thirty seven, <laughs> and Suffolk County, Boston, Massachusetts, and. Those two buildings represent, to me, uh, I, I still get a thrill walking in the front door. I don't know what it is. And because I know that that limo can pull up with 50 lawyers in it from New York City, and they can walk in the same door. And you know what? It's all square. When, when we face off, it is all square. Well, sometimes and, it's even more than square because you're on home turf. That's yeah, good. <laughs> yeah. That's yeah. good, too. One final thing, uh, Leo. Uh, I hear you're getting a big award here today at the AAJ. Uh, tell us about that award, and it's named for uh, just a tremendous trial out of, this, out of the city of Chicago, I know. Yeah, Leonard, Leonard Ring, it's the Champion of Justice Award, and I got a call from President Anthony, Anthony Terracon to tell me I was receiving it, and I, uh, I, I assumed there was an error because it's, uh, <laughs> it's the kind of the... Uh, it's the highest award. It's the highest award in the association, and I uh, was stunned by it, and... Uh, my family's here, and uh, my kids have uh, gathered together, and it's great to have them and their significant others, uh, and uh, Anne and my little guy, and so we're all uh, very excited it's about this. It's going to be a great day, and I have a feeling that a lot of that has to do with not just your success in the courtroom, but opening that gate at, on the 9-11 compensation fund, too. Well, a lot of that has to do with that. There are a lot of hands on the gate that day. A well, lot of hands on the gate. Well, there's only going to be one hand on the prize today. That's <laughs> yours. So uh, enjoy it. And, Thanks, uh, have a wonderful uh, Have a wonderful day. Great. Well, uh, Leo, if, any, if anybody wanted to talk to you or get in touch with you, how would they do that? Uh, just call the office or uh, my email, which I'm sure is on my website. Uh, and what's your number? Let's say at the office. Uh, let, uh, my number at the office six one seven five two three eighty three hundred. Uh, and um, the email is lboyle at meanboyle dot com. The two names of my firm. Happy to talk with anyone, uh, anytime. It's uh, I love this job. Well, it's a pleasure to talk to you today. And uh, in case any of you are out there, our first time listener. 
Just know you can download and listen to every Ringler Radio show. Uh, our website, ringlerassociates.com. You can find all the shows. There's been well over 100 shows that we've done now. And uh, also the Legal Talk Network. You can find that on legaltalknetwork.com, another great site. You can find all the Ringler Radio shows. You can even download it from your from iTunes onto your iPod. So when you're on that treadmill in the morning and you got those little buds in your ear, you can hear Leo Boyle anytime <laughs> you want. All right, everyone, thanks for listening. Now go out and make it a great day. Thanks for listening to Ringler Radio. Ringler Associates, experience counts. Since 1975, Ringler Associates has provided the finest structured settlement services to injured parties and their attorneys. Ringler Radio is made possible in part by the life markets that issue structured settlement annuities, including Allstate, American General Structured Settlements, The Hartford, Liberty Life, MetLife, New York Life, John Hancock, and Prudential. Prudential.